The World of the API Welcome to the second episode of The World of the API. I'm Tammy Ben-David, and in this podcast, we're exploring the stories of the work we do at Teva API through conversations with the scientists, leaders, and experts who make it happen. Episode 2, Inhalation and Respiratory Products. Teva API is the leading international supplier of active pharmaceutical ingredients, what we call APIs, with the industry's broadest portfolio of over 350 products. Our customers are pharmaceutical companies from every corner of the world. In particular, respiratory APIs present some unique challenges. And today, we're going to be exploring a few of them. Joining me today is Dr. Alish Gavenda, Director of Teva API R&D in the Czech Republic and Italy. Alish holds a PhD in analytical chemistry and has 15 years of experience in API development and characterization. Alish, welcome. Hello, Tommy. You've been in the industry for many years now. Can you tell me a little bit more about APIs for respiratory formulations? Yes, certainly. API plays a significant role in respiratory formulations. The chemical, physical, and bulk properties are all vital and dramatically influence the behavior of the API during the formulation process. And more importantly, the performance of the drug product during treatment. In the case of respiratory APIs, these physical properties are even more important. We know that the respiratory segment is very important for a pharma company's portfolio. So what does the market currently look like? In the respiratory drug segment, there's been an increase in sales. In 2019, the segment was estimated at 26.7 billion US dollars, and it's projected to grow by 37.4% to 36.7 billion of USD dollars by 2024. Obviously, this offers potential for drug manufacturers. Interesting. So you've been at Teva API for a few years now. Can you tell me a little bit more about the work you're doing in the field of generic APIs for respiratory use? Sure. Teva API has a variety of respiratory APIs and our R&D team is invested in developing an in-depth understanding of the formulated API. We look for everything from the manufacturability and stability to legal issues and factors that could affect API bioavailability. We offer a complete support package on the sales side of things, but that obviously has to begin with research and development. Respiratory drugs present a unique set of challenges because most of them are delivered through inhalation as powders. That means that the API has to be broken down into fine, fine particles through a process called micronization. Once developers have created a suitable powder, the next challenge is finding the right delivery device to get it into the lungs. To learn more, I visited Oshrat Frankel at Teva API's development lab. You must be Oshrat Frankel. Hard at work, I see. (laughs) Always. You've got a PhD in pharmaceutical sciences and you've been working in API development and formulation for 17 years. What is it exactly that you do here at Teva API? I'm the director for pre-formulation R&D. Basically what we do in pre-formulation is study and optimization of APIs. We optimize their chemical and physical properties to facilitate formulation activity by the pharma company's team. A crucial part of respiratory formulation is choosing the right delivery device. And I can see that you've got some of these delivery devices here. Let's have a look. Um, Okay, so these inhalers look pretty familiar. 
I guess we've all seen asthma inhalers. Yes, exactly. So this one is a DPI, a dry powder inhaler. The powder is made up of the API and a carrier, usually lactose particles, which gets the medicine into your lungs. So you put it to your mouth and inhale like this. What medicine have you just taken? <laughs> Actually, this one's empty. But you can see, this relies on me being able to take a really big breath in so that the full dose gets into my lungs. That can be challenging for many patients. The alternative is meter dose inhalers or MDIs. You know those asthma inhalers where you press the button at the top and it delivers a blast of medicines? Those are MDIs. And are they aerosol powered? Yes, they deliver a fixed dose using an HFA or hydrofluoroalkane propellant. They are very accurate because they deliver the same dose every time. You can also get soft mist inhalers, which create a cloud of medicine that can be inhaled without the help of a propellant or lactose. In regular medicine, API doses might range from several milligrams to around one gram. But for respiratory APIs administered by inhalation, doses are really tiny, usually only a few micrograms, which is hundreds of thousands, if not up to a million times smaller than a regular API dose. One challenge we are facing is that modern respiratory drugs are actually too efficient. We call them highly potent drugs. It sounds good, but it causes problems for us because we are talking about such small doses. Right. This means much smaller margin of error when we're developing products for specific inhalation devices. It's an exact science. Yes. So we use a range of techniques to do a full physical characterization of each product. And I can see you've got some complicated looking pictures here up on your screen. What's going on here? One of the most important things to think about for respiratory APIs is the shape of the particle. Particle morphology is important for a number of reasons. For example, some particle shapes, like needle shapes, don't stick very well to the carrier used in the dry powder inhalers. The more suitable shape for respiratory API is a round shape or regular shape particle, which has optimized aerodynamic properties. We can expect they reach the right place in the lungs. So what you can see is some test results from a sample. Looking at the shape of the particles, we've used scanning electron microscopy, SAM, and Raman particle mapping to get a clear picture of what's going on. It looks really complicated. <laughs> Another thing we are thinking about is particle size. We're trying to create just the right size of particle to reach the right place in lungs and be deposited there effectively. It's a real adventure for the particles when you think about it. First, they've got to get past the mouth, throat, and trachea in order to reach the lungs. And then we need them to stay there and not be exhaled immediately. So for DPI formulation, for example, we are looking for particles with a mass aerodynamic diameter of between one and five micrometers. And that's the perfect size? Yes, that's the perfect size. Those particles reach the right part of the lungs through the bronchial tree and alveolar regions. Any larger and the particles end up stuck in the airway or mouth or even swallowed. We lose about 80% of all respiratory API that way. Any smaller, and they tend to be exhaled before they are deposited, which means that they don't have a chance to work. Of course, we cannot eliminate these variables entirely, but we need to think about them when developing the API drug substance. 
Different types of formulation require specific API particle sizes. Particle size distribution is a crucial attribute. It affects how the particles interact with each other, how well the drug is emitted from the delivery device, and how accurate the dose is. As we've heard, it also affects where the medicine ends up and also its efficacy. The world of the API. But it's not only the shape and size of the particles that matter. The scientists here at Teva API also examine all sorts of other factors during the development process. For starters, most drugs come in a crystalline form. But these crystals don't just come in a single molecular structure, they actually exist in many forms. These are known as polymorphic forms, and there can be huge differences between them. Just think of diamonds and graphite. Both are made up of carbon atoms, but they couldn't be more different in terms of their physical properties. That's down to the arrangement of the atoms, and this has significant implications for pharmaceutical applications. Now, back to Dr. Schrott-Frenkel. Research into polymorphic forms is so crucial when we develop a new product. The different crystal forms are just so different from each other in terms of their properties, everything from physical properties, product stability, solubility, to formulation aspects. All this can vary hugely between polymorphic forms. And this must have a huge effect on how the drug works. Yes, that's right. Our effectivity is its bioavailability, so it's really important we get it right. We also look for amorphous traces. What on earth are amorphous traces? These are traces of non-crystalline material. Basically, when the product is micronized, broken up into tiny pieces, some of those pieces won't retain their crystalline structure. We call these amorphous traces. They are more soluble, so they affect how the body absorbs the drug. And they can also make the final drug product less stable. So we need to control for these. This seems to be very important, right? So how do you control it? Yes, indeed. We have various analytical instrumentation, example, thermal techniques like uh, modulated differential, scanning calorimetry, microcalorimetry, and others to measure amorphous content in our products. However, even more important is to set micronization parameters to minimize amorphous matter creation. In addition, we have developed specific processes for removing amorphous matter completely from the final product. This is a unique know-how which makes our final API much more stable in terms of physical properties during drug product manufacturing and its storage. So this machine over here, what's, what does this do? Well, here's where micronization occurs. Basically, we are breaking down bigger crystals into a fine powder. I have images of medieval pharmacists grinding up preparations by hand, but I guess things have moved on a bit, haven't they, Efshrat? Yes, you could say that. Our scientists and engineers are always working to optimize our particle size reduction techniques. Because we perform this development internally, it gives us better control over the process, as well as greater flexibility. It's about being able to tailor solutions to each customer's needs. So how do you assure that you'll have the right particle size at the end of the day for the customer? We have great expertise in-house to find the right PSD and shape for milling or micronization. The first point for a perfect micronized product is the crystalline API input for milling or micronization. For that, we are optimizing crystallization in all aspects in order to have consistent particle size and morphology. We are using monitor tools for particle size and morphology for process optimization. So we are very sure about the high quality of the crystalline product. 
As needed, we also imply the quality by design QBD approach for both crystallization and size reduction. We have a full spectrum of computational tools in-house together with the right expertise. How are these methods for size reduction discovered and developed? We have a center of expertise in R&D where we have various technologies for size reduction, by which I mean breaking the particles available in one place. Among our technologies are various types of systems for milling and micronization, including wet micronization. Our experts are exploring all options to find the right technology and equipment for our products. When we find the optimized technology and conditions, we perform technology transfer to the production site and re-verify the final product quality. Since particle size is one of the critical attributes for respiratory drug products, we are fully capable of supporting our customers with tailor-made particle size for their formulation development. We are able to provide several grades of particle size for testing the right target during pharmaceutical development. Once the right particle size is found adequate for formulation, we continue to work on monitoring other physical properties. This looks like an interesting machine. What's going on here? Here we are testing flowability, whether particles flow freely over each other. This is the powder rheometer, where you can see the probe rotating through the API powder. By measuring the powder's resistance to the probe, we can extrapolate whether our API flows well and it's suitable for formulation or tends to stick together, which can cause some trouble during formulation. What about over there? Over there, we have equipment to examine bulk and tap density. Basically, this looks at how the powder will behave during processing and storage, how densities and how the particles arrange themselves. And we can also look at the surface area of the particles. It's really incredible the attention to detail that goes into making what looks like such a simple powder. Yes, this is a long development process. But all the research coming out about respiratory API particles at the moment publication from academia and the pharmaceutical industry just confirms that these are aspects you need to look at when developing a generic respiratory drug. Thanks so much, Ashra. I really enjoyed the tour. It's really great to go behind the scenes and see some of the processes for myself. It was my pleasure. The lab I visited today with Dr. Ashra Frankel is one of several Teva API facilities worldwide. And now we're once again back with Dr. Alish Gavenda. Alish, Tava API supplies more than 350 different APIs to more than a thousand customers overall. That's correct, isn't it? Yes, that's right. We have laboratories all over the world, 15 production sites and six R&D centers in total worldwide. And these house more than 500 Tava API R&D scientists, two thirds of which have masters or doctoral degrees. How many respiratory APIs are there in the whole portfolio? We currently have more than 13 different respiratory APIs out of 20 across all therapeutic categories and uh, small molecule segment, making us one of the leading suppliers in the sector. The respiratory sector is hugely important right now, so we are really going the extra mile. All our respiratory APIs are produced in state-of-the-art facilities, both in R&D and in production. We can work with highly potent APIs, including steroids. We have the personnel, the expertise, the equipment, and the decades of scientific experience. Tools such as design of experiments methodology, the DOE, the modeling and process analytical technology, the PAT, help the team design, analyze, and tightly control overall manufacturing processes. And this ensures the highest quality product. It's an exciting time for us. 
So Alish, can you please tell me about the specific respiratory APIs that Teva API offers? Sure. Our respiratory portfolio has been the largest in the industry for some time. And we've just added four newest products for pharma R&D development. Fluticasone furate, olodateral hydrochloride, eumeclidinum bromide, and vilanderol 3 phenotase. So I'm assuming that listeners can find all the details of these new APIs on the Teba API website, along with the rest of the portfolio. That's right, yes. And you can also learn more about uh, the optimal API for the specific formulation by speaking with our team. This is crucial. The key to successful inhalation products is to match the right API to the right device. And Teva API expert teams are here to support the needs of our customers. Thank you so much to Dr. Ashrat Frankel and Dr. Alish Gavenda for joining us today. If you're interested in learning more about any of our services, please get in touch through the Teva API website. I'm Tammy Ben-David. See you next time on The World of the API.